You are listening to the Father's House podcast located in Owensboro, Kentucky. For more information, visit thefathershouseky.com. Lord, how's everybody doing this morning? Come on, talk back to me. Doing all right? Thank you. We are a Holy Ghost-filled, Spirit-filled church, amen? So if I say something you like, you can shout if you want to. If I say something you don't like, you can be quiet. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I'm so glad you guys came here this morning. You could have went to any church in town, but you came to the Father's house. We're honored to have you all here this morning. If you're new here, please fill out a connection card. You'd like to get connected with us. Uh, At some point in this service, if you make a decision to give your life to Jesus, we want to know. We want to celebrate with you. We want to come alongside you. We want to help you in this walk with the Lord. Amen? Amen and amen. So, um, let's go ahead and pray before I screw this up, all right? Jesus, we love you so much. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would come and use me this morning, Lord, for your glory. Father, I pray that you'd give people ears to hear and eyes to see. That, God, the people would be teachable in this house, Lord Jesus. Let it be known that at the Father's house, people are teachable and hungry for the truth, God. If it's from you, Jesus, we desire it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can you do me a favor? If you're new here, we do this all the time. Put your hands out like this in front of you. Repeat after me. Some of you are like, nope. That's okay. And just say this, Jesus, I receive anything that's from you and anything else. I don't want it. Amen. See, that wasn't too bad, was it? Come on. How many of you want something from Jesus this morning? Amen. I'd like to think that I received something from him in this message. Amen? So it's Resurrection Sunday. Something God is doing in this church as I was praying. Even last night I was in my living rooms with my son. And I had a sort of a direction I was going this morning. And God just began to continue to just shift my focus last night. And I was like, oh Lord, what are you doing? It was kind of funny. I began to pray and I said something to the Lord. And my son was sitting beside me. I started laughing. And my son Carl was like, what? What are you doing? What's the Lord saying? I said, well, I just, I just asked the Lord. I said, Lord, what are you, what are you doing right now? I, I had a sort of a plan for tomorrow. And, and I said, Lord, what are you doing about tomorrow? And he said this very clearly. He said, I'm doing whatever I want. And I was kind of like, well, I guess you're in charge of this church. I guess it is the Father's house and not Mike Cisnetos' house. Amen? I almost spit out my address right there. I thought maybe shouldn't do that. That's where my house is. Some of y'all are crazy. So, uh, hey, but that's why you came, amen? Amen. Come on. Jesus, we love you. Um, So, God has been doing something. I just want you to pay attention. God has been reintroducing himself to us. And what I mean by that is that he is showing people that he is way better and way different and not as religious as your grandma might be. Uh Uh-oh, it's quiet in here. He's showing people that he's a lot better than you ever could imagine. That he's not, uh, there was, I, I talk about this all the time. There was a youth pastor that used to be here. He had these t-shirts that said, I gave up religion to follow Jesus. Isn't that amazing? And when you hear the words, when you hear us talk about religion, we're not saying the religion of Christianity is wrong. We're talking about just having a relationship with rules and not having a relationship with Jesus. There's a big difference. You can be very religious and not know Christ. 
Amen? You can go to church on Sundays and not know Jesus, right? You can go to church. Some people are like, oh, you really can. Yes, believe it or not, you actually can. You can go to church. You can give money. You can dress up really nice and not know Jesus. But here's the beautiful thing that God is reintroducing himself to people. We got a card from a young girl the other day um, in our small group and she was thanking us for the small group and it just blessed me so much. At the end of her card, it said, God is truly better than I ever thought he was. And that's something God is doing in this house. He's showing people that he's actually full of mercy, that he's actually full of grace, that he's actually full of love for you and your family and your cousins and your dads and your moms and whoever it is it may be. So people are finding that Jesus is better than they thought. So when I was younger, you know, I had this thought of like, man, Jesus just wants me to change everything about my life and go to church on Sundays. I mean, actually, I mean, some of you are here because you love Jesus. Some of you are here because you love your grandma and she drove you here. And that's okay. I used to be that person. So 13 years ago, I was at this church on Easter Sunday. My 14-year-old son was not even one year old yet. And I came in these back doors because my mom would beg me, Michael, you got to come to church on Easter. Just please, at least Easter. If, if, if any other day, Easter and Christmas. And somebody's like, yeah, I know, man. That was me. I was here. How many of you, were, how many of you maybe even remember me 13 years ago coming in? Anybody? I don't know Shirley does because she was praying for me at the altar probably. Oh, Lord, please. He's here. <laughs> Get him, Lord. Man. I remember I came and I sat back right here where the Bartleys are, where Jesse was and, and with my son and his Easter. And I'll, be, I'll just be completely honest with you. I don't remember anything about the service <laughs> at all. I didn't give my life to Jesus that day. But look at me now. Amen. So some of you, I want you to know, there's hope for everybody. And let me give you this, this key as well. The main goal of our Christi Christianity is not just convincing some of our loved ones to come to church with us. It's representing Christ in the way that we treat our families. When people don't have to wonder what Christ is like, that, that you live that life and they see Jesus in you. Man, I just felt this, and this might be a little rough, but I felt the Lord saying, so many people just want their families to come to church so they can get saved, but God is wanting to change you as well. God is wanting to shift some of this religiosity and thinking. Last night, I felt the Lord clearly speak to me, because Maddie was getting the girls dressed, and I'm listening, don't hear what I'm not saying. And I felt the Lord clearly say to me, Michael, I want you to wear your black t-shirt tomorrow and your Nike shoes. And I was sitting there with Carter, and I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, what are you doing? Maddie's not even going like that. <laughs> and, and don't hear it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, with dressing nice and going to church, but I am saying that that's not what it's about. I mean, we literally tell people, come as you are, but you better dress up on the way there. <laughs> Jesus wasn't born into a little baby's tux and tie. You know, and he didn't come. He didn't, when he got mature in the Lord, he didn't start dressing better. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Some people are like, oh, we're, that's not what I'm saying. Listen, my daughters look cuter than all y'all, okay? <laughs> Put together. They have the same little matching dress on. It's amazing. I felt the Lord say, you know, we tell people, come as you are. And we're celebrating the risen king. And on this last Friday, we're celebrating why he came and he bled and died on the cross for us. And literally, this is, our, this is our shirts we make for our dream team. And this is the reason he came. He, he basically showed up and he says, listen, I'm here to serve. This is the king. 
I'm here to, I'm here to serve. I'm not here to rule over you. And that's what he said. He said even the religious people, he told the disciples, they, they use their authority to rule over you. But the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. He came to give himself up completely for you. And I, I'm just telling you, I know what it's like. People inviting me to church. Wanting me to just finally get it. And I'm here to tell all the people who go to this church, who call this place home, it's not about just getting people to Sunday morning. It's about inviting them over to your house and cooking dinner for them and loving them really well. Right where they're at. Amen? Say thanks, Pastor. About three of you. I appreciate it. So, anyways, I felt the Lord say, listen... Just put your t-shirt on. I told Maddie this morning, I said, man. And, and I felt the Lord say, you know why? Because it's not about any religious nonsense. It's really not. It's all about Him. It's all about this Jesus who came as a lowly king, a peasant, a poor Jew. And He came and bled and died on a cross. This is what this is about. This is what this Sunday is about, that He rose again. And this past week, um, um, I was really just praying in my heart about what to even talk about and what to speak about. And this, the Lord kept leading me to talk about why Jesus truly came in the first place and how this resurrection applies to us today. And first off, I had this thought, was just this idea that, that no one actually killed Jesus. Would you follow me for a second before I may say some things that sound heretical? No one actually killed Jesus. I think we have this idea that, that we want to blame somebody for killing Jesus. We're all like, oh man, that guy Judas, it wasn't for Judas, and it was his fault. And then we like to think, well, it was, the, it was the Jews. They were the ones yelling, crucify him. It was their fault. That's why he came. He came, and they killed him. They put him on the cross. It was their fault. Your sin, your dirty, nasty sin put him on the cross. All oh, the Romans put him on the cross. Pilate put him on the cross, but this isn't true. The motivation for him going to the cross for us and for you was not because the pay for sin. His motivation was his love for you. Listen to me. In the garden with Adam and Eve, when they sinned, sin didn't put this contract and pull Jesus out of heaven. Sin was not this binding contract where Jesus was like, oh man, they sinned, now I have to go and pay for it. No. Actually, he goes on to say... In John 10, 17, and 18, it says, The reason the Father loves me is that I lay down my life in order to take it up again. Pay attention. No one takes it from me. Did you hear what I'm saying? Jesus said, let's get this straight. Because people have this misunderstanding. If, it's, if this is really God in the flesh, how could, he be, uh, how could He be overtaken? How could He just be, how could He be captured and, and then murdered? If this is truly the King of kings and the Lord of lords, our, our King Yahweh, how could this happen? And He makes it very clear. He says, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. What He's saying is, I've given it freely. I'm doing it on my, it's my choice. He didn't, he didn't have to come because of sin. He came because He wanted redemption for your life. He came because he wanted to rebuild what God built in the garden. Not just because he loved sin or he was somehow tied to sin. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Yes, he came to pay for our sin. Hallelujah, amen. But that wasn't his motivation. I love what David Ravenhill says. Jesus is not in heaven with all of his sin that he's collected. And people are coming in the door. And he's like, oh, let me show you this sin. This one's a real good one here. 
He doesn't have a trophy case of your sin. The Bible says that, that, that literally we, we come to Him, He pays for our sin, but then He purifies for Himself a people for His own possession. He's not interested in just taking your sin. He's interested in your life. He wants you. Listen, what a crappy deal if all He gets is your sin. Do you hear what I'm saying? And that's what a lot of us are like. We're like, oh yeah, sign me up. Take my sin. But we're like, oh no, I don't want to give you my life. Hold on now. I don't want to give you my time. I definitely ain't going to give you my money. Heck no. You know, those churches, they're wicked. You can keep saying that, but it's just not true. Not every church is screwed up. Your last one might have been, but I'm telling you, this one isn't. Amen. Come on, Jesus. It really ain't. It's an open book. It's an awesome thing. What's up, little man? But Jesus said, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I want you to get this today, that Jesus' motivation for dying for you on the cross was because he loved you. It's because he wanted a relationship with you, not because he was just had this contract to go defeat sin. It's because he wanted to bring you back to the Father. He wanted to, he longed to bring you back to fellowship with the Father. Could you imagine in the Garden of Eden, the, the devil was there just like he is today. The Bible says he's like a, a roaring lion seeking those whom he may devour. That means that he cannot just have authority over you. But he was in the garden. And I love, I was reading this book recently and it was talking about how could you imagine that the devil was on the outside looking in the garden and he could see this relationship with God the Father and Adam and Eve and he could see this union with them and they walked in the cool of the day and they had this communion and intimacy. And could you imagine the enemies on the outside looking in and he's jealous because they have everything that he used to have. And that insecure, jealous spirit, all he could do was, man, i got to convince them and make them just as miserable as me. And he won that thing. That's the, it's the same spirit today. That insecure orphan mentality. That poor kind of that victim mentality. I'm here to tell you this morning. He rose in victory so we could live in victory. Not stay in depression. Not stay in anxiety. Not stay in despair. And add a service to our life. But to live in victory through these things. So he says, to read further, he says, I have authority, somebody say authority, to lay it down and authority to take it up again. So let's read this whole thing again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. He's basically saying, do you remember who I am? I am the word made flesh. I am the God of the universe. This is he. And he says, this charge I have received from my father. Do you remember what he said to Peter as well? So when he gets captured, Peter jumps up, cuts the dude's ear off. How many of you know the story? How many of you know Peter was not probably trying to cut off his ear? Right? That's a pretty, you know, nice little cut. He's probably trying to cut his head off. And what does Jesus say to him? He reminds him in Matthew 26, 53. He says, don't you realize, Peter, that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us and he would send them instantly. He was saying, this is the reason I came. They're not capturing me. They're not actually taking me. I am giving myself for people. I am humbling myself even to death on the cross. Obedience to the father. Man, somehow we have created a Christianity that says, man, Jesus died for you. Yes, he did die for our sins, but he never said that we wouldn't be crucified with him. Paul said, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection and his sufferings. 
Hold on a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sign me up for the church barbecue. <laughs> Sign me up for the free meal coming out today. Hold on a second. I want to know about his sufferings. Where, where, where is this, what is this about? We cannot just have some of the gospel and not all of the gospel. Jesus said the servants are not greater than the master. Right? How many of you have been a Christian and you've still gone through some suffering? Can somebody say amen? Let me raise both hands. I'm still going through things. And you know what? I'll still be going through things. But here's the reality. He never said, like I talked about a couple weeks ago, that he's going to change our circumstances. But he promised to give us strength to endure in our circumstances. He promised to walk with us. He promised that he said, listen, come to me. Yoke up with me. I'll carry your burdens. And we see this Jesus saying, listen, Peter, don't you understand what's happening? No one's coming to capture me. No one's coming to take me away. My Father in heaven, my dad's a protector. He's a good God. And if I wanted him to, he would come and rescue me. This is our Jesus we celebrate on this resurrection day. One of my favorite moments in the, the Passion of the Christ. How many of you have ever seen the Passion of the Christ? Raise your hand real high. If you want to cry, go watch it. One of my favorite moments in the Passion of the Christ. And you remember Jesus is sitting there and he's like mangled and he looks over at Pilate and Pilate says this verse to him in John 19, 10 to 11. It's one of the most powerful moments in scripture. I believe one of the most powerful moments I think in that film. You remember he's sitting there and he's in handcuffs, basically he's in shackles. And so Pilate says to him in verse 10, he says, do you refuse to speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Doesn't that sound just like the devil? Is trying to intimidate us. He's trying to say, don't you know that I'm in charge of the situation? Not even close. Verse 11, Jesus answered, you would have no authority over me if it wasn't forgiven to you from above. He's sitting there and imagine being Pilate like, well, this guy is crazy. What is he talking about? He's like, you better speak up for yourself. I can crucify you or I can let you go. And Jesus looks at him and says, you can't do anything that you're just not allowed to do. Isn't that a wild? This is our king. Like, that's a mic drop right there. Like, uh -uh. he's reminding him, hey, I'm going to this cross freely. Let me remind y'all that no one's, no one's killing me in this. I'm God, and I'm coming to lay my life down for people. This is the gospel. And I know I'm reminded about Barabbas. How many of you remember that part of the story of the gospels? And then there's Barabbas, who they were going to release a criminal. They could release one and take the other. And they're literally saying, Barabbas is a criminal, he's a, a serial killer, he's a murderer. And people are saying, man, give us Barabbas. And kill Jesus. And they're all, we're like, man, Barabbas is a piece of garbage. Barabbas is a terrible person. But then we don't realize that in the story, we're Barabbas. We're the one that deserves the cross, that deserves the punishment for our sin. But Jesus comes in and takes it for us. We're the Barabbas in the story. We're not Jesus in the story. <laughs> if anything, if we're not Barabbas, we're probably Peter and them hiding. Thank God for some women that stood by his side. Where are my ladies at? My goodness, let me just take a moment here and people say, oh, women can't belong in ministry and women can't do this. How absurd. The Bible says that Jesus, when he rose, he first showed himself to a woman. Wow. He first appeared to Mary Magdalene, which says that in, in which he cast out seven demons. My goodness. 
This is not a cool story, guys. This is the truth of the word of God. Jesus first showed himself to a, a, a lady, a woman that, that probably, look, she, he casted out seven demons out of her. She had an intimate encounter with him. She knew him. She experienced him probably like most people did not. Man, I'm grateful for women in ministry. And we pray in more gifted, anointed women in ministry in this church in the name of Jesus. Amen? About three of you again. Praise God. <laughs> I'm grateful for the anointed women we have in this house. It's an amazing thing. So Jesus said, listen, Pilate, you don't have any authority over me. So what was God's motivation for really coming and dying? It was because he loves you. How do we know that? John 3.16 is a very simple verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. His motivation was his love for you. And maybe you came here today and you're like, maybe you just came, somebody asked you to. Maybe you came for the Easter egg hunt. It doesn't matter why you came. I believe that you have felt the presence of Almighty God in this place. And I believe that under the sound of my voice, you can feel that there's something different about this church. It's because Jesus is in this place and he's not, he doesn't care about suit and ties and whatever is going on. He doesn't, he doesn't care about any of that. He came humble to redeem the lost, the broken. He came to save Barabbas. Right. Amen. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> he could have been like, yeah, Barabbas, hope you remember this. Hope you know what's actually happening here, Barabbas. You should be thankful. No. He gets on the cross, and then he goes on to even say, Lord, forgive everyone. Forgive them, for they know not what they've done. This is our Christ that we celebrate on this Good Friday. This is the one who rose from the grave. This is him. His motivation was his love for people. He wanted to redeem people from darkness. He wanted to save people from their sin. And listen, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's not just people who are addicted to drugs who need to get saved. It's everybody. Every person from addicts to religious people need to be born again. From people who just are good people. Listen, you cannot be good enough for God. No one is good. No, not one. You cannot just go through life doing more good than you've done bad. That's not how it works. That's actually good news. It's not about you trying to worry about doing more good than you're bad. It's about believing in the Son who was perfect and never sinned. And you say, Jesus, man, I receive this life. I receive what you've done for me. Sin wasn't his motivation to come. It was redemption. Let me prove it to you a little more in the Bible. I like it. Isn't it good that the Bible backs up my messages? That'd be good, right? Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live but Christ who lives within me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me, pay attention, and gave himself for me. Amen. Who loved me and gave himself freely for me. He wasn't taken beyond his will. He laid his life down. Ephesians 5, verse 2, it says, And walk in love. As Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. A fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. He gave himself up for us. Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives. All the wives said amen. 
You know, this is probably one of the only Bible verses men know. Wives, submit to your husbands. <laughs> right? Submit to your husbands. But we keep reading. What does it say? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Wives, submit. Husbands, die. <laughs> Which one sounds a little more pressing, right? Jesus gave his life for the church. Husbands, give your life for your spouse. Listen, young ladies, if you don't find the guy who agrees with that, you got the wrong man. You got the wrong, I don't care how cute he is. I don't care how much money he has. I don't care, I don't care how long you've been together. It doesn't matter. If he doesn't understand he's loved by God, he's not going to know how to love you. Let's flip it on the other side. Same thing. If you got a girl that don't know she's loved by God, it ain't going to work. I've, listen, I, I've been there. I'm not just some random religious person up here trying to tell you guys things to do. I'm telling you this from experience. When I got out of jail in 2013, I remember thinking, what kind of church did we go to today? <laughs> I know, believe it or not, you know, God saves. He actually saves drug addicts and lets them become pastors. It's kind of crazy. Who would ever imagine? Listen, some of y'all might have brought some, some family members here with you today, but are you humble enough to let them be your pastor one day? Are you dreaming big enough dreams for your family? Come on, are you dreaming God-sized dreams for your son who's here today? Come on. I tell you, nothing humbles me more to hear Pastor Herzog, who used to be my pastor when I was six years old, stand up at the Good News Jail and Prison Ministry and introduce me as his pastor. And I'm like, oh man, it's so humbling. It's crazy. He used to get me out of my jail cell and, and, and take me into a little room and, and try to get me to get saved. Because my mom and people at the church were like, hey, chaplain, my son's in jail. You know, go get him. We captured him finally. He can't run. <laughs> oh, this is the truth. My mom would be there the next morning at jail at the window. If anybody, listen, my mom was always there. A bunch of my friends were not. And my mom would be there and she'd have a Bible and she'd say, son, you got a Bible in there? I said, man, yes, mom, I got a Bible in here. I was a good little Christian in jail most of the time, though. Oh, I started reading my Bible, praying every night. You know what I mean? But really, you know what I was becoming? I was just becoming religious. Because I really didn't give him my whole life in those moments. I really was just saying, hey, God, will you please just help me get out of this bad situation? But if you don't, I'm going to turn around and go the other way. You cannot threaten God. You can't threaten him with your disobedience. Hey, listen, the Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. And I remember, I'd be in jail. My mom would be there. Michael, read your Bible. And I'd be trying to read a Bible in there. We'd be doing prayer circle at night. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You know who you are. So if you have no idea, that's a good thing, by the way. It's like Pastor Darrell, we go to the jail service, and Pastor Darrell's like, man, I, I just can't relate to these guys. And I'm like, well, praise God, Pastor Darrell. That's amazing. I'm glad you cannot relate to the drug addicts, buddy. I don't want my kids, I don't want any of my kids to have a cool testimony so they can relate to drug addicts. Amen? Jeez, Louise. Some people are like, oh, that was just God's plan for my life. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. 
Well, it's just God's plan. No, the Bible says God causes all things to work for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purposes. It doesn't say God makes people drug addicts so they can open a rehab later. If He's a father and I'm a son, what kind of father wants that on their son? Hold on, hold on a second. I remember how this guy was in FOS. He got arrested again. Back in jail, I man, I just don't really know what God's doing. I said, well, God's not doing anything. You went out and got drunk, got a DUI, bud. <laughs> you think God has his hand in that? No, no, God is, he protected you. I, I believe he did protect you. You didn't die, amen. But that wasn't his plan for you to go out and drink again. Amen. His plan was for you to continue to follow him. Listen, I've been sober for nine years. Not one mess up. Not because of me, because of him. Because of what he's done. People say, well, you know, once an addict, always an addict. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away. Behold, all things are new. I'm glad I got a good Holy Ghost-filled mama who taught me that. She would tell me, Michael, no, you're a new creation. And sometimes I would even say things like, man, I I got this wife and she's amazing. She's never done any drugs, all this stuff, and I don't deserve her. And I don't deserve her. My mom would say, that's not right. Your, Your past life didn't deserve her, but you do deserve her now. I thought, man, that's right, mom. <laughs> Leave it to your mom, though. I'll let you talk bad about yourself, amen? Come on, let's be parents who don't let our kids talk bad about themselves. Talk negatively, speak death over themselves. I don't even know what I was talking about. Something good, I'm sure. He said he gave his life for us. Oh yeah, I was talking about parenting. John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this. than someone who laid down his life for his friends. Isn't that a beautiful scripture? Greater love has none than this. Than one who would lay down his life for his friends. You know, he calls his friends. He doesn't just call you. Did you notice what he didn't call you? Sinners. Wait a second. Hold on a second. I thought we're just a bunch of sinners trying to make it. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that you were a sinner. When Christ died for you. But now, you've been adopted as sons. Amen? Man, it feels good to be a son of God, not just a sinner going to church trying not to sin anymore. Let's, let's, let's switch this thing around, church. He that knew no sin became sin so that I could become the righteousness of God. That means that he didn't know any sin. He didn't do any sin. He paid the price for my sin so I could get what he earned. Now I get saved and I instantly become the righteousness of Christ, of God in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? I'm in right standing with God now. Not because of what I've done, amen? Because of what he's done. And I'm telling you this morning, it doesn't matter how wild and screwed up you are. God, God is not interested on just getting you saved on Easter Sunday so you start going to a home church. He wants you to walk this thing out. He wants to walk with you through some trials. I'm here to tell you that God, I had a lot of problems when I got saved. I still got some now. I mean, I'm telling you, I had warrants in Kentucky, in Indiana. I don't even remember. I was in jail in North Carolina. I was going to Bible studies here at this church. And they were saying, how can we pray for you? And I'd say, well, I got some warrants out. And they'd be like, what? But a few of the people there who love, I said a few, sorry. A few of the people there who actually loved Jesus were like, wow, that's amazing. We're glad you're here. Some religious people were like, oh, Lord, who invited him? Isn't that crazy? 
Isn't that crazy? Jesus came for the lowly, the broken, the lost. And how many of you want to see lost people come to Jesus? Let me give you a secret. They look like lost people. They act like lost people. They behave like lost people. Their families are screwed up. Their kids are wild. Whatever it is. Are you ready? How many of you want to see lost people come to Jesus? Come on. They might take your seat. Your favorite spot. Hey, we got plenty of seats, don't we? We got plenty of seeds. If everyone, there's, how many of you know, know it wanted one lost person in your life? Raise your hand. <laughs> if you don't have your hand raised, you do, I promise. <laughs> See, some of you didn't know you could laugh in church. Some of you haven't laughed one bit. I can see it on your face. I still love you. It's okay. When I see you, I just go right past you. <laughs> and I look at somebody enjoying the service. Just kidding. You didn't know you could have joy in the house of the Lord. You didn't know a pastor could wear a t-shirt on Easter Sunday. Some of y'all might still be upset about it. That's okay. Jesus isn't. He told me to. What are you going to do with that? My goodness. And y'all say, listen, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm glad some of you dress up and give your best to the Lord. That's completely fine. But it's just not what it's about. Jesus told the religious, you're whitewashed tombs. You're, you're pretty on the outside, but you're dead on the inside. It doesn't matter. You know what? There are no hypocrites in the presence of our God. He knows everything. He knows, he knows where you're really at this morning. And let that humble you and take that invitation, no matter where you are this morning, to change. Whether you're lost and broken, He knows about it. Whether you're religious and stubborn, He knows about it. But let Him invite you into something better. He's inviting you into this relationship with Him that will change your life forever not just make you religious don't cuss don't smoke don't chew and don't hang out with girls that do right (laughs) that's all Jesus is about that's not (laughs) some of y'all have said that before raise your hand thank you thank you Steve is definitely you that's not what this is about it's not a list of rules remember listen to me There was a list of rules called the law. I'm not saying you don't try to live for Christ. I'm just saying you can't just wake up every day trying to hit the mark and hit all the rules. You wake up every day, you look at the cross, and you're thankful that He hit the mark, and you live from that place. I live from that place. Some people are thinking, man, what does this pastor even do at home? He's probably just cussing, acting crazy. That's That's not true. I'm a, I mean, but we're pretty dang conservatives. We don't watch half the stuff. We don't listen to music and stuff like that. It, but it's not because of this binding thing and chains on us. It's because of our love for what he's done for us. I'm not not listening to secular bad music because somebody told me not to and I'm going to go to hell. I'm not listening to that bad music because it doesn't fulfill me anymore. I found something better that fulfills me. I found this relationship with him that fulfills me now. I'm not just like, oh, turn that off, it's bad. I'm like, no, no, I don't want that. It doesn't feed my spirit. It feeds my flesh, and I don't want to feed my flesh. I want to feed my spirit because I've learned some things. I've learned if I sow to my flesh, I will reap from my flesh. And guess who gets on the receiving end of that? My wife, my kids, everyone around me. I don't want to do that. 
It's not because I'm going to go to hell at the end of it. It's because I'm not going to represent Him well. I want people to see the Jesus that I see. I want them to meet the Jesus that I met. This risen Savior. Let me ask you this morning. Have you met the risen one? Have you encountered this risen man? Have you seen him? Because I'm telling you, this risen man walked into my cell nine years ago and he changed me from the inside out. And you know how he changed me? He looked over me in my mess and he said, I still love you. I still want you. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, I was weeping, weeping, crying, thinking, man, how could you still love me? I'm a piece of garbage. And just like Pastor Faith said earlier, he comes, this is what he does. He cleans up messes. This is who he is. This is the king. It doesn't matter how screwed up a life, a family, or whatever that you're in right now, whatever you're walking through. Jesus comes to redeem and restore things this morning. Can we stand to our feet? I want our worship team to come. Man, we're doing good this week. I'm going to preach for about 40 more minutes if you just stay standing. You know, I felt the Lord, I was telling our worship team and our leaders this morning, right before service, I said, you know what, we're going to go out here and we're going to represent who we really are this morning so we can present ourselves exactly who God wants us to be. We're not, we, listen, we have, we're not here to put on any type of show for people because it's Easter. We have the most nonchalant Easter staff around here ever. And I love that because it's just another Sunday. Jesus was risen last Sunday. He's risen this Sunday. He'll be risen again next Sunday. Amen. Hallelujah. Could our prayer team come? On Friday, our king rose. And on Sunday, he rose again. This is good news, church. I believe that the power of resurrection is in this house this morning. And I believe that God is wanting to bring resurrection power to whatever it is and situation that you have in your life this morning. Jesus made this wild claim when he was talking to Mary Magdalene. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And I felt the Lord clearly saying, I want to bring resurrection to the Father's house this morning. If you would humble yourself, listen to me, listen to the sound of my voice. If you're here, you know you need change. You know you need something different. I encourage you to make a move this morning. Somebody say move. You might have to physically get out of your seat this morning. And I felt the Lord even asking this question. He said to Mary, he said in John 11, 25 and 26, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And he asked a very important question. He says, do you believe this? Do you believe this morning? You cannot be saved unless you believe that Jesus rose from the grave. There is no salvation. There is no Christianity. You cannot just believe that He died for your sins. You have to believe that He rose from the grave. He defeated death and you can be born again. If you need salvation this morning, we're not going to try to twist your arm. 
and pull you here but I believe there is an open invitation from the Lord this morning that he's trying to draw you into something maybe you've never experienced maybe you've given your life to him over and over again you've gone backwards and backwards and backwards I believe today is a new day some people say well people get saved in jail and it's jailhouse religion and whatever I'm here to tell you it doesn't matter how many times you've gone backwards you can turn to him this morning you can turn to him this morning I believe God wants to restore families in this place. I believe there's groups of whole families that are supposed to come to these altars for prayer here in a moment. That God wants to restore relationships that have been out of order for many years and offense and bitterness that has been raised in families. God wants to bring forgiveness and redemption this morning. Could we close our eyes in this place? Hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. Just take a moment and just ask the Holy Spirit just, just to highlight anything, anything that's happened this morning, anything at all that He's put on your heart, something that hits you in your heart this morning. love you King Jesus just take a moment this might be the only quiet time the only still time you have this week let's just take a moment and just be with the King this morning the living God is in this room thank you Jesus and if you're in this place today under the sound of my voice if you need to give your life to Jesus if you need to get saved if you need to repent of your sins that maybe you've ran away from God and you need to come back home to the Father's house. I believe God is calling prodigals home to this house. If you need to give your heart to Him, I'm going to ask you to do something very bold this morning. If you need to give your life to Jesus, if you need to repent, believe that He died, believe that He rose and give your heart to Him, would you raise your hand right where you are right now? I need to give my life to Jesus. I see those hands. Come on, anybody else? I need to give my life to Him this morning. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. Anybody else, would you raise your hand? Keep your hand raised if you don't mind. And then I'm going to ask you to do something even more bold. And I want you to trust me. I want you to get out of your seat. And I want you to come down and pray with one of the people on our prayer team. If you raise your hand. If you brought somebody with you today, they need to come with you. Grab the person you brought with you. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's a few more. Come on, this is not a walk of shame. This is a walk of victory. This is a walk of a new life. This is a walk of stepping out of things and stepping into newness of life. I'm going to wait just a moment. If anybody else, if you need to come for prayer for anything at all, this is the time for you to come as well. If you just need God to partner with you and pray for your family, pray for your marriage, if you need healing in your body, we believe that God will heal your body this morning. We believe God wants to touch people. He wants to heal people. Come on, church. Anybody else who needs salvation, would you come? Thank you, Father. And our prayer team will get you a card and get you a believer's book as well.
feel like we're supposed to sing this song. Let's just wait a few minutes. The eggs will be out there. It's okay. Can we just lift our hands to heaven? I just want us to take a few moments. We're just going to go back into this bridge of this song. It says, dead men come out of that grave. And we're just going to believe and celebrate what God is doing right here at these altars this morning. We love you, Jesus. We love you, King Jesus. Come on, this is not just something, a service we came to, but God, you are a living God to be glorified and worshipped, oh Jesus. Lord, this is a real thing, oh God. This is not just a religion. You're not a distant God. You're not far away, Lord. But you're right here in this room, God. And you're handing out salvation, God. You're handing out healings, God. Lord, you're handing out redemption. You're handing out restoration, Lord. Whatever you need from Jesus, just ask Him for it in this room. God, I need grace. I need mercy. I need healing, Jesus. I need peace, oh God. I need comfort. I need love, Lord.
are more in this room who need to give their heart to Jesus, give their life to Him before you leave. Don't waste another day. Don't let another day go by in this place. Maybe you've just been running from God. We want you to come to these altars and meet a loving Father. Amen? Amen and amen. Hey, let me give you some directions really quickly. If you have kids here in a moment, go get your children. They're going to hand out some, some bags at the front door and then go and wait until they give you other directions. Do not just let your kids go into the fields to get eggs. We'll release them all at once. And can we just go ahead and put our hands together for what the Lord is doing in this place this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead and put your hand on your neighbor for real quick. Just say this, Holy Ghost, get them. Father, I bless your people. We bless their families, bless their health, bless their homes. Go deep in their hearts in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen and amen. Bless you guys. Have a good week. You're welcome to stay and hang out with us and hunt some eggs.